Hi, and welcome to episode 52 of 5 Minutes of Rum. Notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Updegrove. Today's episode features a gold rum from Utah. Yep, Utah. In addition, I've had a long-standing request from listener at slow underscore rain on Twitter, who has uh, very nicely requested a hot rum cocktail recipe over the uh, past couple of winter seasons. It took me a little while to get there because I don't necessarily make a lot of hot cocktails at home. There's not much call for it here in sunny Southern California. Uh, And I did not care for that hot zombie recipe I ran across and tried that one time. But I did want to try and concoct my own, albeit only quote-unquote slightly my own version of a hot buttered rum. So I was game to go ahead and try this out. Uh, The recipe for the hot hot buttered rum batter and the drink are both later on in this episode. Now, uh, your first reaction to hearing a rum from Utah might be similar to mine, or maybe you happen to be better educated than me. Um, And my first reaction was, wait, there's distilling in Utah? Um, so how did I come across this bottle of, uh, sugar house gold rum? That's the name of the distillery sugar house. Uh, Eric from the Spirit radio podcast, um, is also the gentleman who broadcast Tiki Oasis radio at the annual Tiki Oasis, uh, show in August, uh, down that's held down in August in San Diego. He had contacted me during last year's Oasis. Uh, we did a couple of, uh, uh, episodes of this show that were uh, essentially, re- you know, recorded some new intros, broadcast them during TQ Oasis Radio, uh, and he very generously uh, gifted me a bottle of the Gold Rum from Utah, which is his home state. This is from uh, again from Sugar House. Uh, so we met up at last year's TQ Oasis. Uh, he shared this with me, which I thought was really cool for him to do. Uh, you should probably go click on the link to his show, and that link is in the show notes. So first thing I did, um, we did, you know, sample this a little bit at Oasis, but it was just to, you know, kind of open it and do a toast. Uh, my first real taste of it was before I did the research on this rum. So uh, let's go with the tasting notes first. Uh, in terms of appearance, it's a, it's a gold rum. It's a uh, straw color, kind of a light gold. Uh, if you swirl it, I pour it in a glass and swirl it, you get a couple of quickly forming legs uh, that then uh, drop down over the next minute. A bunch more drops form and they drop kind of down by the side. Eventually, the inside of the glass does start to look like it rained inside. Um, aroma. This rum has a, a very powerful nose on it after you swirled it and aerated it a little bit in your glass. Um, at rest in the bottle, it's much more muted. Now, of course, uh, if you were to look at the picture of the bottle that's in the show notes and up on the 5 Minutes of Rum website, you'll see that the neck of the bottle is actually fairly tall. So I think by virtue of sort of uh, funneling it through that vessel, it's it's going to be a little bit more muted as opposed to when you swirl it and expose it to air. Now, once it's settled in the glass, it's still aromatic, but it's not generally as aggressive as right after you swirl it. Um, I'm kind of struggling a little bit to point out the actual aroma. It's not very sugary smelling, but there's something of note there, uh, probably something what I would consider a little bit floral. And then considering it's a close rum to a standard 80 proof or close to a standard 80 proof rum, which I'll, I'll get to in a little bit. I'm actually surprised at the forwardness of the nose of this rum. Now, taste wise, uh, I'll go ahead and have a little sip here. Hmm. Um, I find this rum, uh, true to not having a lot of sugar on the nose. This rum is uh, fairly dry with sharp peppery notes on the back end of the tongue after swallowing. There's a bit of a astringency that makes you purse your lips a little bit after the finish as well. Um, overall, not very heavily bodied rum, um, and I don't think it changes a lot between the sip and the swallow. Uh, in terms of finish, I found it to be mildly warm on the spectrum, uh, finishing relatively quickly. Um, and I'm an imbiber and not a distiller, so take this with a grain of salt, uh, but I thought it might benefit from a little bit longer aging. Um, summary. 
Um, it's not what I would normally reach for in terms of a sipping rum. I usually go for a heavier bodied sipping rum, uh, but this seems like it has a lot of potential in uh, my bar as a mixer. Uh, seems like it would pair well with orange to give it, um, you know, a citrus kick and some sweetness, or just lock into the spice element with more spices and maybe some some sugar and some butter to bolster the body. Uh, maybe like a hot buttered rum, keeping in mind that this rum hails from Utah, and I hear there's some pretty great snow there. Now, out of curiosity, I went back to another small batch gold rum. Way back in episode four, I tasted and, and talked about house spirits and their gold rum, just to see kind of how my tastes have changed over time. So when I uh, poured those side by side and tried them both, what I, well, I find that I prefer the house spirits rum for sipping. Uh, it's generally, it's because of a generally longer and warmer finish and a little bit less spice. However, it has a very similar note of astringency um, and maybe just a little bit more fruit in the rum. But overall, kind of very similar, but not exactly the same. Um, and it's you know hard to say how my palate may or may not have changed over the last couple of years. But um, I did go back and revisit that one just to see how another small batch gold rum uh, would compare. I also use this rum in a daiquiri, um, and it's the opposite of what we're going to get to later. The daiquiri was very cold very smooth. Uh, the sip started with lime and then the rum came in about midway through that sip and finishes with that um, certain appealing dryness of the rum. Uh, so it didn't, it wasn't something that really took on a lot of the sugar um, and actually, you know, finished with a certain amount of dryness. Uh, this is a good application of this rum and I'd probably dial the lime down a bit from my usual four to one daiquiri ratio uh, if I was going to make it again. Now let's talk a little bit about Sugar House Distillery itself. Uh, Sugar House was started in 2013 by James Fowler a uh, long-time, 20-year award-winning home brewer who also happened to work for a chemical company at one point. Um, if you haven't picked up on this from some of these episodes or from some of the own some of the reading you do on your own, there is a lot of overlap between chemistry and distilling um, because there, you know, so much of uh, the distilling process actually involves knowing chemistry. Um, the master distiller's name is Eric Robinson. The distiller official is, I'm sorry, the distillery officially opened in 2014 as the third small batch distillery in Utah. Uh, due to my own ignorance, I was unaware of Utah's distilling past, uh, but between 1862 and 1869, 37 distilleries were operating in Utah. Uh, not the same heights of rum production in, say, Massachusetts, Massachusetts in the 1700s, but I wasn't aware that it was prevalent at all in Utah. So Utah was also one of the last states to enact prohibition. Uh, and bootlegging remained a very profitable operation, as it was in many other locations, not just in Utah. And from 1925 to 1932, as an example, federal agents in Utah seized over 400 distilleries, 25,000 gallons of spirits, 8,000 gallons of malt liquors, 13,000 gallons of wine, and 332,000 gallons of mash. Uh, Utah was the 36th and deciding state to approve the 21st Amendment that abolished Prohibition, so thanks, Utah. Um, when liquor started showing up again in 1935, it was now in uh, state-run liquor stores. Um, again, getting back to Sugar House themselves, one of the things I like about smaller distilleries is that they are usually very responsive and love talking about what they're working on. Uh, for instance, there wasn't a ton of information online about Sugar House's production, so I emailed them and got a response within a few days that was just full of information. So that was super helpful. Um, and again, that's the kind of response you'll get from a lot of smaller distillers, which is great. Uh, in terms of production, Sugar House rum is a molasses-based rum with no sugar or color added after distillation. Sugar House has a 100-gallon hybrid still, 
Um, as described by James Fowler of Sugar House, it's a pot still with a whiskey top and a column with four bubble plates. So that's the column part is with the bubble plates would be the uh, column distill. Um, the rum is distilled twice, first as a stripping rum. Uh, that's the first distillation of a pot uh, stilled rum that usually results in what's sometimes also called a low wine. Um, and then it again, it sort of cleans up the wash in preparation for another distillery uh, or for another distilling, sorry. Um, and then it's distilled a second time as a finishing rum. Uh, they are looking to add a 400-gallon still in the next couple of months, but right now they're, they're operating a 100-gallon still. The rum is aged in malt whiskey barrels, which they use to encourage some additional sweetness. In their experimentation, uh, James Fowler mentioned they preferred the malt whiskey barrel aging to bourbon barrel aging. Uh, they are 15-gallon barrels, and the aging is anywhere from, uh, I think it was three to five months. So going back to the finished note that I had before, I hope that I think that helps explain the thought I had when I thought it might um, what, might benefit for more time in the barrel. Now, if longer in this type of barrel doesn't get the flavor profile they want, though, they they would have to get into like double barrel territory. So one of the things that was, you know, they're specifically using this malt whiskey barrel for a reason. And say you're in a malt whiskey barrel, and maybe five months is kind of the max you want to go there before you start to change the profile too much. So. In order to get more aging, then you'd have to go into like, all right, now we're going to just use a plain bourbon barrel, and then we're altering what we're actually trying to do with the rum. So just saying longer in a barrel is not quite, you know, the it's not an, as easy of an answer, or it's not as, it's not necessarily the right approach for what you're trying to do with the, the finished rum. Now, I also asked about this rum being 82 proof. So one of the things you notice on the label is it says 41% alcohol by volume and 82 proof. Uh, so that caught my eye, and I had to ask about that as well. Because uh, normally I think you would see you would either end up around 80 or people start to go higher as a way to differentiate themselves. Uh, and to a certain extent, that's the case here as well. According to uh, Mr. Fowler, growing up in Utah, everybody hated that their beer was the 3.2 ABV beer and not normal strength like in the rest of the country. Uh, that extra 0.2 on the 3.2 kind of stuck with him. Uh, so there was no way he wanted to just go normal 80 proof like most quote unquote normal spirits. Uh, it had to be 82 proof and just a touch higher than everybody else as kind of an homage to that 3.2. Uh, it also helped that they tried different proofs and 82 was the preferred one from their tasting panel. So that's how they landed on 82 proof. But I kind of like that there's a little bit of story behind that. Um, so, and, you know, a little bit on what you see with small distillers. So there's a lot more small distillers that are getting into rum and vodka um, I think to a certain extent, and I don't, I'm not trying to say this is the case with Sugar House, but I think to a certain extent, uh, there's a lot of people that want to get into the whiskey business because the whiskey business is a pretty good business to be in. However, you need uh, one thing that you can't really shortcut too much, although Lost Spirits might have something to say about this, but generally speaking, you can't uh, shortcut time. So if you want to start a whiskey operation, you're going to be aging your whiskey for years, which means you're going to buy a bunch of equipment and you're going to use it to distill some uh, some spirits that you're then not going to be able to do anything with for anywhere from, you know, three, five, seven, 11, 15 years. You know, it's going to be a while before you get a return on that investment. Now, if you also use your distilling equipment uh, to get into, say, rum and vodka, you can actually start selling that stuff a lot sooner than you can the whiskey. And then you can start getting a little bit of a return on what you're what you've put into your operation. So I think it's not uncommon for small distillers to get into uh, rum, vodka, and other spirits like that as they're just sort of building up their whiskey stores um, because that's what they're maybe not ultimately going to do, but maybe that's a big part of their plan. So um, I'm all for it. Uh, I'd like to see more small distilleries getting, uh, putting out, uh, you know, small runs of rum, 
uh, just to see what other people's take on the spirit is. Uh, where can you find Sugar House rum if you want to find it? They also, I should know, they also make a silver rum. I just happen to only have the gold rum. Um, right now, their rum is only available in Utah. Um, according to the distillery, Montana and California are very close to having it, so those states may be getting it soon. Uh, they're also working with an online sales company, and they think that 14 other states would be able to order their products um, and have it shipped to them once they close that deal with the other online sales company. Uh, so that's Sugar House Rum. Again, I, w- I want to say thanks to them for being very forthcoming with information when I emailed it to them um, or when I emailed them, uh, which was very helpful. Um, and let's move on to the next segment. Now, if we're going to get into doing a hot buttered rum, uh, we're going to have to deal with spices. Um, we've talked a little bit about spices before, but I'll do a little bit of a recap. Um, and we'll just talk in general about getting spice and hot buttered rum batter recipe uh, together in preparation of actually making that hot buttered rum. Now, when it comes to dealing with spices, um, I'll admit most of what I know of spices I learned from Alton Brown and, and his Good Eats television show. So here's a few rules to live by. And That'll probably be all the knowledge you need until you decide to become an expert. Uh, you want to buy spices whole and grind them yourself before you use them. Uh, basically, the clock on freshness is always ticking, but speeds up by about 100x once the spice is ground. So um, you'd want to hold off on that until the last possible moment that you can. Buy as little of a spice as you need. They don't age very well, and you'll want to turn over your supply within a year. Uh, after a year, they're not going to go bad and make you sick as far as I know, or at least my experience is told me they're not going to make me sick, uh, but they do start to lose their potency and, and spices that lose their potency lose their whole reason for being. Um, again, I, I try not to break this rule of keeping them over a year. I do sometimes, but I, I'm, I'm trying not to. Uh, grinding spices, as I mentioned, you're going to want to grind them yourself uh, and grind them just before you need them. I have a pretty inexpensive blade grinder. Um, it, well, it used to be brawn. Well, it, the, the blade grinder is still a brawn. They used to make an inexpensive blade coffee grinder. Uh, they don't seem to make those anymore, so I've linked to a Mr. Coffee version in the show notes. Um, in fact, you can actually find the Braun one that used to be like $19 going for four times that um, actual retail on, uh, on the, that I saw on Amazon. Anyways, all that aside, um, I use this blade grinder just for spice grinding, no cross-pollination with coffee. I like my coffee to taste like coffee. Um, and that's basically all I use it for. It's, it's really handy for that. It pulverizes the spices uh, to the level that you need. Um, another, another, you know, a specific note on nutmeg. Uh, nutmeg should never, ever be bought grated. Uh, and you don't, obviously, you're not going to put that, you're not going to put a whole nutmeg in your, in your grinder. But whole nutmeg is very inexpensive, and so is a microplane zester. So you can just grate nutmeg when you need it. Um, and you're going to need it, you know, not only for these kinds of recipes like spiced rum and a hot buttered rum batter, uh, but you're also going to need generally uh, nutmeg when you're you know serving punch. That's a, a very traditional garnish on a punch. Um, and yes, I have traveled with both whole nutmeg and a microplane grater um, rather than packing previously grated nutmeg. Now, when it comes to mixing up your hot buttered rum batter, uh, there seems to be a fairly standard template for creating that batter, as you as you might expect. Uh, but the details change a bit from recipe to recipe. So what I've found is that there's a lot of room for playing around as long as you stick with the the sort of normal base. Um, I would say not that's true of not just the hot butter rum, but also the hot butter, excuse me, not just the hot butter rum batter, but also the drink itself. Uh, the base for a hot butter rum is typically rum and uh, a darker sugar, and then spices are added. Um, there's a lot of the same winter flavor profiles uh, in most recipes that you would expect. Things like cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, and clove. 
Uh, the amounts depend can change depending on what you want to feature or what you want to highlight. Uh, now, for me, when I was looking over recipes and decided what I wanted to do for a hot butter rum batter, I wanted something that was going to be very bold and very bracing. And as, you know, I was actually looking to kind of overdo it a little bit. Uh, this is a hot drink, not a cold, refreshing daiquiri. So as such, it's meant to be sipped slowly, probably when the when the weather is cold, maybe at the end of a day when you're sitting by a fire. Um, and it's something that you're going to savor and, and it's going to linger around for a while. You're not, you're not going to finish this that quickly. So I took the approach of being very spice forward. Um, and if the choice was whether or not I should include a particular spice, I went ahead and included it. Uh, if you're going to give this recipe a try, consider it as a template and then dial up or down the spices that you want to taste. Uh, you can use also less batter in the cocktail. Um, you know, play around with it. It's, it's very forgiving. Uh, this is not a situation like a Mai Tai where you don't want things to be out of balance. Uh, this is a different scenario and a different type of drink. And so there's a lot of experimentation that can be, or a lot of experimentation can be rewarding if you give it a shot in this drink. Um, for the hot butter rum batter itself, this was what I did. Uh, four ounces of butter and eight ounces of Demerara sugar. Uh, that's kind of the base. And then the spices go on top of that. Uh, one quarter teaspoon of fresh ground nutmeg, one quarter teaspoon of ground ginger, four cardamom pods, one teaspoon of whole cloves, one teaspoon of whole allspice, and half of a cinnamon stick. So uh, the process for this is grind the cardamom, the cloves, the allspice, and the cinnamon, you know, basically into smithereens in that blade coffee grinder. You want that to be as smooth as possible. Uh, then in a stand mixer, cream the butter and demerara sugar together uh, using a paddle attachment. Um, you're going to do that for about five minutes to get the sugar and butter well integrated. It's kind of like uh, starting off a cookie dough recipe where you're creaming the butter and sugar together. After that, um, after they've integrated, after, like I said, about five minutes, add in all the spices and then blend it until it just comes together. Store that in an airtight container in the refrigerator. Um, and of course, like I mentioned, adjust the spices to taste. This is a strongly flavored spice mix um, and you're going to taste it when you mix the hot butter rum. So, Hot buttered rum, let's get to that part of it. What the heck is hot buttered rum and what is it good for? Um, I think as I mentioned at the end of the, or when I was talking about the hot buttered rum batter, this is really a drink that's made for sipping. You kind of have that, you know, conceivably you would have at the end of a of a day sitting by a fire, especially if it's cold outside. Um, and that's kind of the gist of what this recipe is, uh, is, is all about. Now to make the version that I'm putting in the show here, uh, you're going to need two ounces of rum, in this case, the Sugar House Gold Rum, four ounces of boiling water, and two tablespoons of the hot buttered rum batter. Uh, to make this, you're going to add the batter to a warmed coffee mug. Um, what's the reason for warming the coffee mug ahead of time? Uh, if you're using a ceramic coffee mug and you put hot liquid into it, the ceramic is going to immediately draw the heat away from that hot water and it's going to make your mug warm and your water cold. So by pre-warming the coffee mug, you uh, allow the mug to resist the temptation to draw heat off of that uh, water. So add the batter, like I said, to a warm coffee mug, add two ounces of the boiling water, and then stir that to dissolve. Then add in the rum and the remaining two ounces of water and stir that just again to combine and serve that with, to combine, stir that to combine. Serve that with uh, fresh grated nutmeg on top and a cinnamon stick if you're so inclined uh, in a mug. And then that's, pretty much all there is to it. Um, a couple of things with this, because uh, you're making the batter ahead of time, this is real easy for taking on the go. Uh, you can basically pre-mix the rum batter ahead of time, uh, put that in your airtight container, grab a bottle of rum, and you can pack that if you're going on a 
maybe a ski weekend or if you're going on a road trip or someplace where you're going to stay somewhere and you don't want something that's totally complicated, like you don't want to pack like half a dozen bottles in a bar bag, uh, this is a good way if you're going to a cold climate to uh, to pack a, an easy rum recipe. Um, you can also try this with an alternate rum. Uh, some other ones I've tried, uh, I tried it with the Pusser from episode 51. That's a, a good mix as well. Uh, I tried it with the Hamilton Gold Jamaican. Uh, the Hamilton Gold Jamaican rum has uh, um, quite a bit of kick to it. Um, and gives it a little bit of extra dimension flavor just because it's got that, you know, really um, that, that very specific Jamaican funk to it. So it, you know, gives it just a different uh, a different way to go. Um, in any case, when you're mixing the, the rum with the butter and sugar, you're adding, you know, body and adding fat to the recipe. Um, so you're, you're actually, you know, making it a little bit more heavy bodied uh, when it comes to the actual cocktail itself. And then the spices, of course, are really what's coming at you uh, full bore. Uh, so give it a shot. Um, if it's, again, if it's, it's really one of those recipes that's open for interpretation, maybe you don't want ginger, maybe you don't want that much clove, uh, but maybe you really want a lot of nutmeg and a lot of allspice. Uh, it's really, like I said, open to interpretation. Uh, so have a go at it and, and start making some hot buttered rum before summer comes. That's it. Thank you for listening. Show links are up on the five minutes of rum website. That's number five minutes of rum.com. The show is also on iTunes as 5 Minutes of Rum. You can subscribe there, rate the show, or even leave a review. The show is also on Twitter as at 5 Minutes of Rum. That's at symbol number 5 Minutes of Rum. You can send in comments, corrections, feedback, and requests via either the 5 Minutes of Rum website or on Twitter. And now, we'll go get some rum. <laughs>